0: The Secrets of Star Wars is brought to you by the Star Quest Production Network, and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give.
1: Hi, this is Ashley Eckstein, the voice
2: of Ahsoka Tano from Star Wars, and you're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars podcast. May the Force be with you. You're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, episode 151.
0: Hello there. It's a power that Jedi have that lets them control people and make things float.
2: Impressive. Every word in that sense was wrong.
1: Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. You're my only hope. This station is
0: now the ultimate power in the universe. I find your lack of faith disturbing. It's against my programming to impersonate a deity.
1: That's not how the Force works.
0: Force is with me, and I am with the Force, and I fear nothing.
1: Remember... The Force will be with you.
2: Always. Hello there, everyone. I'm Mike Creevy a.k.a. that wizard slash crazy old Ben. Uh, and you're listening to The Secrets of Star Wars, where we talk about everything connected to that galaxy far, far away, including the deeper themes and meanings. Please be sure to share this podcast on Twitter or Facebook. Let us know how we're doing by leaving us a review uh, anywhere you can. We appreciate it. Now, I just did it myself. I'm going to need all of us to take a deep breath control ourselves <laughs> calm calm down a little bit is is everyone sitting down because mandalorian is back Woo-hoo. mandalorian is back yeah we're all going and there was rejoicing <laughs> rejoicing. <laughs> well and that's right that's this long it i mean it's it's long anticipated we'll get into some timing breakdown here too um i want to get everybody's A little bit of everybody's kind of background with Mandalorian here um, in just a sec, but everybody's, I I think almost everybody's favorite Star uh, Star Wars streaming series has officially come with Mandalorian Season 3, and we're not going to waste another moment before diving right into it to break it all down. So joining me tonight, we take a deep dive into Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 1, The Apostate. Uh, We have with us Josh Beagley. How are you doing, Josh? I'm doing good. How are you? Pretty good, glad to have you. And we also have uh, Patrick Mason is with us. Pat, welcome. Thank you, thank you. And then last but not least, Father Jeff Horton. Father, how you doing? Doing well, thank you. Yeah, glad to have you guys. Um, Well, does anybody have a Ham Solo segment thing to report? If not, I don't, you know, so we can just jump in. But I always like to ask. (laughs) I do
3: not. I thought I saw something get popped up in the um, Discord, though. Or
1: oh, did you? Oh, I in, missed that in the,
2: somewhere. I thought I saw one get brought up. Oh yeah, yeah. Wasn't there somebody reported a um? Was it a was it a? This is the way, like beer or something like that. Was that? Was <laughs> yeah,
3: something that? similar? Yeah. Where was it's, that? It's so yeah.
2: I, it was. Yeah. Who who? Uh, that was not too far back. I thought I had that. I'm not seeing it now. Shoot. Oh, Ham Solo. Um, a share of food slash beverage item
3: related to Star Wars that I look forward to yeah, having was with the Mandalorian. Was Catherine? I forget where that
2: was. I'm not seeing if, it in the thread. This
3: is the way Imperial Stout. Yes, that was it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, I have not seen that person. I have to get my get my hands on that when I get a chance. <laughs> so, yeah, who? Uh, I, I'm sorry, I didn't prepare for that. So whoever reported that, uh, keep us posted if you see any more stuff out there. <laughs> so, but uh, but this is exciting, guys. And, and again, we're going to get into. Uh, I'll, I'll give a general plot breakdown and everything. But before we do that, I just. I was really excited. I, um, I'll kick it off to you guys just by mentioning as far as backstory, I had asked Dom, um, and I didn't have a chance to go back and actually listen to it, unfortunately, but it's so hard to believe that the f- very first episode of secrets of star Wars I was ever on, you know, was when we kind of relaunched the show after, um, uh, father Roderick and, and Dom had, uh, basically done it for, for a time. And then we kicked it off again after it had been, uh, kind of on hiatus, I think for a little while with, The Mandalorian, like with the launch of Disney Plus. And as hard as it is to believe, I was going back and looking. It was November 19th, 2019. Wow. And that was uh, Secrets of Star Wars Episode 27. And so here we are, 151. We have this this whole big family, this growing family of, of panelists and hosts. So I was just reminiscing a little bit of how excited I still am to be part of all this. And here we are. Season 3, so just, uh, um, do you guys just want to share maybe a little quick, as far as your own, just, um, at least Cliff's Notes version of of, of your kind of background with Mandalorian, and just how you felt coming into this season? Let me start with you, Josh, just because you're next to me on the little window (laughs) thing here. (laughs) I'll go clockwise.
3: (laughs) So, I guess going into the Mandalorian this season, I was just pretty excited, you know, it's been... One of the big bigger things that Star Wars has been putting out ever since sort of, I guess, COVID started and everything, like, high school, I remember, like, coming home watching The Mandalorian, and that was, like, the main series to be watching, basically. Mm. And season one was great. Season two sort of started slacking a little bit and kind of just maintained. Mm. And then I think it started off just blowing me out of the waters. <laughs> so L- yeah.
0: Literally. As- yeah. <laughs>
1: we'll
0: <get to> <laughs> how about you father i started watching just because i got a new iphone that came with or verizon came with sorry commercial ad there uh, but it came with free subscription to disney plus and everybody had been talking about baby yoda and all that on star wars and uh, oh what the heck and so i binged watched most of season one oh, okay and just you know it it really was Star Wars as as the Star Wars-iest almost. And so I was excited about season two. And then there was season two and a half, which was, okay, where did that come from? (laughs) But I'm (laughs) ready for season three. Yeah. Yeah, Pat, how about you?
4: Yeah, you know, um, season one hit during the pandemic. And so, you know, not a lot else to do, Um, but super excited for it. And um you know watching it i remember i remember watching the very first episode and that closing and being like well that was star wars mm. you know there was nothing there was nothing that wasn't star wars about that you know there's there's yeah. other spin-off shows i've seen <laughs> that, that didn't quite feel star wars and that yeah. felt star wars and uh from then you know kind of hooked from then on um i kind of agree I, I really enjoyed season 1 i really enjoyed season 2 i actually like season 2 slightly better okay um and that's i liked all of the different genres they explored in season 2 um, Yeah, i love the spaghetti western the spaghetti western episode was by far my favorite mhm um, where the tuscan raiders were speaking italian that was <laughs> <gross>.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just like the little critters in
4: this
0: episode yeah yeah, yeah. oh my gosh <laughs> Which
1: we'll, so, we'll
4: definitely get to. Um, them,
1: <laughs>
4: <laughs> and, and, you know, I was really curious to see where would, where they'd take the show after, you know, the big reveal at the end of season two and Luke yeah. and Rogu going and all of that. Um, I was a little mystified and honestly a little not as terribly happy that we got a 2.5 because I mm. kind of wanted the book of Boba Fett to be about Boba Fett. Yeah. Um, so, but we did get that. And so now I I am mostly just curious. About season three, like where are we going? What are we doing? How are we going to get there? Yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah.
2: Well, and that's that's a good you know kickoff here because I'll I'll give the quick little brief synopsis here for as I always say anyone who needs this it just is kind of funny to me because you know you've seen it why would you ever listen to this show (laughs) 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 you know I'm just waiting for eventually like because you know you do enough as, as you guys I'm sure know to you know you do enough anything media or online or whatever, inevitably you're going to get somebody who shoots you a message or something. That's just like, why did you spoil it? Like, okay. Um, It's very hard not to see them. Right. Yeah. Um, But this, this episode is just um, chock full of all kinds of goodies. And in the basic synopsis here, I'm just bringing it up, you know, so we have um, uh, right off the bat, um, we have this ceremony that we're going to, we're going to break all this down as we go, but we have a, a youngling, um, not youngling. There I go. A uh, what's it? a foundling, <laughs> a foundling, Right. The version. Foundling. somethingling. We have this foundling uh, ceremony, which we haven't seen really happen before, but of course, interrupted by a giant monster, which we'll come back to, of course. And then um, Din and Grogu saving the day and then prompting this, this really interesting uh, uh, driving forth of this, this plot, this redemption plot that we got teased in the book of Boba Fett. This uh, need to bathe in the waters of the mines um, on Mandalore. And um, then we get uh, this this jump over to Navarro because Din, of course, has set this up. He's going to go on this mission where he needs to um, avail himself of this 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 path of redemption so he can be recognized again uh, by the children of the watch and become part of the sect again, which he still associates with so much because of his childhood. Um and even though he's seen other Mandalorians and we're going to pursue this, you know, uh, uh, sort of subplot as well, he still his heart seems still with his original you know, Mandalorian family. Uh, so he needs some help, which I was surprised to discover the help that he was looking for <laughs> to uh, go back and specifically request now High Magistrate Grief Karga uh, to give him the remaining parts of IG-11 to attempt to resurrect. I mean, we got so much we can talk about with this right resurrection baptism redemption all this so that doesn't go so well at least at first din needs to get some some extra parts you know so he, we're going to see where he goes with that um there's a run in with some pirates you know there's there's some some challenges going on of course there and, and uh, some of grief's background that's in play uh then we ultimately see uh all of this culminate in a pretty cool little space battle which was neat followed of course by uh, din attempting to rekindle this this um i'm just gonna say relationship but not in a romantic way right this this conquering relationship trying to rekindle with uh bo katan which doesn't go so well uh and then we just get this mention at the end that he's going to mandalore no matter what and he's gonna let her know you know if there's anything there so there's all this mystery uh the episode just sort of concludes there it's it's just a kind of a good launch into this season and uh That's the synopsis in a nutshell. So um, I thought we can back up here and uh, just kind of get your guys' initial thoughts here from this opening scene. Which the only note I had was I said the last thing thing they prepare you for, at least in my experience with baptismal prep, is a 100-foot alligator um, (laughs) attacking you as you're trying to do it. Or as apparently the audio description described it as a, quote, giant dinosaur turtle. Um, So, what were your
0: guys' thoughts of this opening scene? It looked like whatever that thing was in Jurassic World that comes out of the water and eats people, I thought of. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I got that vibe.
3: How about you, Josh? I thought it was funny how they kept trying to shoot it with blasters whenever it wasn't working, and then someone shot their flamethrower at it in the water. (laughs) I thought that was... By far my favorite thing. I just see the water splashing. He just shoots his flamethrower right at it, just trying yeah. to, trying to avoid it. <laughs> and
0: it's, just, it's and I wonder because they didn't didn't say. I mean, was that something that they expected to happen, or is known to happen at that side, or that, was that catch everybody's surprise? Or I guess we just don't know, but. Well, and I got to be honest, I, I,
2: I was surprised even just backing up a little bit because I, I want to ask you guys about this because my wife was on the same page. I didn't really know what we were seeing at first because I, yep. you know, you, there's no age markers when they're in the armor. So I, didn't, I thought it was maybe like a flashback to Din's, you mm-hmm. know, sort of ceremony. So I was like, I don't know yep. if I was supposed to be as shocked by the entrance of the Naboo Starfighter because I was totally like taken aback. Like,
1: yeah, oh, until they, it's until up, I wasn't sure. I really right. wasn't sure. Yeah, uh,
3: once you saw it, you're like, oh, okay, so this is present time now. That's not yeah. in. Right. Especially and, as much as
2: Boba Fett
0: kept doing flashbacks. So it was sort of still right. in that
2: mindset. And they did have a little filter on his. Really, when, when they would transition to it, there'd be a little green kind of hue or something, but there was nothing like that. But I did find it interesting. I just, I was doing a little research right before we went on tonight because I didn't have a lot of time to do some, like, I did the prep, but I didn't have a lot of time to do some of the cool, like, nooks and crannies, but... Uh, the character, the kid, apparently is Ragnar, which is a great name, um, mm-hmm. but played by Wesley Kimmel, who's uh, Jimmy Kimmel's son, who also played the Tuscan kid in uh, Book of Boba Fett. Okay. So there's a uh, this this kid's already got two Star Wars credits to, <laughs> to his...
3: <laughs> there was also apparently a John Favreau Mandalorian in there.
2: Would that be oh. the one? Well, because doesn't he do the voice of of Paz Vizsla? I think he's not in the I th- think suit. So?
3: But yeah, he's yeah, still someone in there.
2: The guy in the armor, I think, is the actor who the very first scene in episode one of season one who gets in Mando's face at the bar like that big kind of Norse looking dude. <laughs> I, th- mm-hmm. I think he's the guy in the actual costume, they said. But but I think I think it's John Favreau doing the voice. Um, I'm not sure but what did you was. I wanted to ask you specifically what did you guys think she was about to do with the dish of water because she didn't get to do it because that's when the thing attacked I was really curious like she so she says the thing and puts the helmet on and Then she picks up like that bowl of water and she's about to do something with it and I was like is she gonna pour it on his helmet <laughs> like
1: is that, it
3: that was my
2: basic <laughs> guess just sort of like the idea of I guess like anointing
3: them into it mm-hmm. kind of thing and I feel like that's just sort of like a basic understanding of like having to pour it over them, have it sort of like come about
2: them and being welcomed in that way. I I figured we were meant to wonder about that.
0: Did you catch that, Father? I didn't catch it the I first time. I didn't. I didn't. And I have... Oh, I've only, <laughs> I've only watched it. Sorry. I've only watched it once. And I just... Yeah. I, I just think I was still on my what the heck is going on stage. Okay. So I did yeah. pick up on that part of it.
2: But that... And I, I I don't know about you guys, but like as far as the... As far as the, the 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 visuals of it, I I just I thought it was really well, well done, because I know there's been a lot of criticism, a lot of concern, you know, about a lot of these studios in the sort of pandemic and post pandemic era pushing the, the visual effects folks too hard and maybe cutting some corners here and there. And I feel like you can see that in some stuff that's come out last few years. But I, I don't know. What would you guys think? I, I thought this this was pretty compelling. <laughs> I don't I didn't notice it being less impressive than the Crate the Dragon or anything from last time. For the fight scene, I think it was pretty solid. I think there are some
3: scenes on Navarro later on where they started slacking a little bit where you could really okay. tell it seemed like a green screen. Okay. But I thought the fight was choreographed pretty well. I thought the the music was really nice for it. I thought yeah. like they did a
0: really good job restarting the Mandalorian and picking it up mm-hmm. into an action scene. Sure. It's a real contrast with Andor, which has an action scene about once every three episodes. So,
2: yeah. And well, that, that's something, and it's inevitable, right? That, you know, you, you tend to, with all the content, you tend to compare and contrast, you know, but, uh, and, you know, we have, of course, is our, our a wide range of, of people's opinions about the different shows and everything. But that was one thing I think it was a common I guess criticism's right, or at least observation that just the style of Andor was much more...
1: I said to my (laughs) wife.
2: That's what I said to Christine when they had the, uh, like they finally broke out blasters. You know, I was like, (laughs) yeah, that's what I've been wanting. I just realized (laughs) (laughs) I haven't heard a blaster sound effect in a while. So, uh, but but yeah, so the, the um, we just got, we just got Pat back here a little, a little tech difficulty, but we were just talking about the, uh, the giant dinosaur turtle. So just did, did you have ah. any, any any thoughts on that opening uh, sequence or, or the baptismal imagery there of, of the uh, ceremony? Turtle
4: gator, crocodile, <laughs> or uh, turtle dial. I think turtle dial is probably my favorite. Tur-
2: turtle dial. I like, well, they, and they um, even had them roll, right? Like the, how crocodiles mm-hmm. or alligators roll and stuff. Yep. I was like, well, that's a, much yep. scarier when they're that big.
4: <laughs> yeah. I, I do have to critique the Mandalorians and their attack. I mean, you stick in the bombs on the shells. Mm-hmm. Come on, guys! It's, it's just saying, like, why are you <laughs> shooting
2: fire at, at through water? Like,
4: you know, like, yeah, you're a bunch of guys who wear armor all <laughs> the time, and you attack right. the armor. I, yeah, come on, man!
2: <laughs> like, I think you just throw them all into its mouth. Like, give that a shot, you know? Yeah.
0: No, kudos, kudos to Din, by scene, the way, for being
2: the guy. Like he flew down the crate's mouth, right? I was saying know, he's so already, like, nobody tried, to... tried, so we know how <laughs> it works. Yeah, yep. sorry. Go ahead, Pat. Yep. Now, I
4: my favorite part about the scene was the oh, this is this is not um, Din, right? Yeah. When when you know his ship swoops in, and you're like, oh, this is happening right. now. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> this isn't. This isn't yeah, the, the pass.
2: That does seem like a common, like most people I talked to were in the same boat of like, yeah, that that I thought that was a flashback, you know. So But yeah. uh and of course Grogu's little emergence in the bubble, you know, was brilliant. But uh th- and then we have that conversation with uh with Din and the armor, and it's neat because I my first take was just that it's the first that we've seen her anywhere remotely, like, shaken up. And she's still like she always keeps her cool, but like she's definitely not like totally in control like she's she's always been the con- in control of like every situation <laughs> and now there's like this you know you've removed your helmet but like she does owe him because he just saved all of them so you can sense that little tension there but um let me start Andy with the dark saver he does yeah right but let me I'll, I'll go backwards this time just to get get pat in here since we we lost there for a bit what did you you know sort of think about the way that this this conversation's going between the two of them and So kind of her take on this, this redemption possibility. She doesn't seem too interested in entertaining the possibility at all at first.
4: Yeah, um, I'll tell you what, the more I thought about it, the more it struck me as the kind of conversation that would occur between um, like a first, like first century Jew and a rabbi. Mm. Right. The temple's been destroyed. The priestly class has been wiped out. Yeah. Right. but yet we still have the law. and in the law, if I am going to go redeem myself after becoming unclean or after sinning or, or after something, I have these things I have to do. I have to go to the temple. I have mm. to make these sacrifices. Mm. The temple's been burned down. The priests have all been killed. Yeah. And so you see the rabbi that you know the lawyers basically go. Well, this is the law, mm-hmm. and and the guy being like, "But our planet got destroyed. <laughs> like, <laughs> isn't there some kind of wiggle room here?" <laughs> yeah, well, this my. is the law. You know, right? Um, and that's that's kind of what it strikes me as 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 sort of this. You're in a religion that was that had a, that was based around a particular object or a particular uh, place. And that place is now no longer what it was. And so what does it mean for that religion to move forward? Um, that's what it struck me as uh, th- th- the more I thought about it. It didn't hit me that way right away.
1: That's kind of this. Yeah.
4: But the more I thought about it, I was like, this is this is very much like like kind of what the and and I guess the post exilic um, Jews, you know, after the Babylonian exile, what they had to, to go through. It's like, OK, well, how do we deal with the fact that we don't have a temple anymore and we can't, can't do this. Yeah.
0: like So what's the path forward? Father, what do you think of that? <laughs> that's, a, that's an interesting idea I had not thought of. Um, obviously, the temple's still not there, so the Jews have, have worked their way through it. Mandalore, appears, on the other hand, appears to still, to some degree, be around, and so they're still going to have to figure out what it looks like going forward. This is the way... Yeah,
2: <laughs> how about you, Josh? That scene in particular—anything jump out at you?
3: I feel like I've heard her say that to him like a thousand times at this point, and it seems like there has been no consequences for him at all, other than just saying he's not a
2: Mandalorian. Right? Yeah, he's just out. It's not like he gets you know, like that's yeah, the and
1: punishment. It,
3: and that's what also I guess comes in with the time thing, where they said like it's been like two or three years or whatever since like there's some sort of time jump recently and
2: yes yeah i think it's John...
3: like, i saw something about that as well Yeah, and it just made it interesting then to be like he's been saying that he's going to atone for this for so long but then hasn't done it yet or she's been like saying you got to fix this you got to do something about this but then like nothing's been done
2: yeah i think uh, the the time jump thing i heard, it was a, a... I heard it right from, you know, Fav. Well, I didn't, you know, like I'm hanging out with John Favreau. I saw it on a YouTube video, <laughs> just to be clear. Yeah, you know, me and John were having some beers. No, but-
4: like <laughs> coffee every Thursday. Right. Yeah, you know, just hanging out. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you know, a conference call with Dave Filoni. Right. No, but it was funny because the two of them, and most, many of you probably have saw it too, but I, I love that because the look on Dave's face was a riot because, like, there's, I didn't see anything else about this. And then John Favreau just very casually says, yeah. And, you know, and, because, you know, then, uh, you know, he sent him off with Luke and now it's been two years, you know, and like Dave just kind of like goes wide eyed and like looks at the camera because like he knows like Twitter's going to explode. <laughs> <laughs> but but that was I, I don't I wasn't clear, though, if he was saying like it's two years since Grogu went off with Luke because, mm-hmm. you know, was he with I don't I, I didn't get the impression he was with Luke for two years. But I, it seems like he was with him for a while. And now he's been back with Din maybe
0: for a little while. There's still just been, like, that significant time jump, which I right. think is important. Yeah. I didn't get the impression he was with Luke for all that long, but... Yeah.
4: Yeah, it, it, but you do get the impression that they've been at it, the Mandalorians have been at it a while, or this sect, because there's yeah. a bunch of them again, right? And right. they're they're inducting foundlings, or baptizing them, or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> um, but, yeah. but they have a place again, and they're all set up again, whereas... You know, at the end of season one, everything was just sort of wiped out and they right. were scattered to the wind.
2: And even when he linked up with them in Book of Boba Fett, it was just her and Paz Vizsla. You know, it's yeah. like now there's three of us, but then he leaves because he's an apostate. So, you know, but yeah, and I didn't count, but I mean, it looked like there were a good, I don't know, 25, 30 there at least. So they're yeah. gathering. Oh, uh, and we know that there's others. You know, we know, the Bo Katan and her crew, and then. Mm-hmm. Um, Sabine's out there somewhere, you know, from Rebels. So, um, which, by the way, nice timing here. Uh, then we get that light speed jump, you know, because she, she con- yeah, I know. I was like, I went nuts, and I don't know how many of you guys have watched in, like with the animated series or, or you know, with especially Rebels. I have. Uh, I that's why I was like, I saw them there. I was just like, that's
3: such also a fantastic view of like just Baby Yoda look, Grogu yeah. looking at it, and just being like
2: wow right the wonder yeah. of it and then he, but he's but he but he crawls into dad's lap still just to be safe you know like it was adorable <laughs> you know but uh it was funny because and for anyone you know i for anyone listening who's not really into rebels these are the space whales um which which is funny because star trek dabbled with the idea of some kind of whales in space because that ship and uh i'm jumping here of course but in uh <laughs> was it the voyage home what was the one <laughs>
1: Was You're it Star I'm one. forgetting now. Yeah, yeah, That's yes. my favorite Number one. You know, back in
2: time to San Francisco to bring a you know, humpback whales back to the future to <laughs> communicate with the with
1: nuclear
0: the,
2: vessels, yeah.
1: to well, communicate I mean, with the space vessels. cigar.
2: Like the ship always looked like a cigar to me. Like it's just anyway. But in Star Wars. So these things are apparently the source of they're called purgles. They're the source of the, the idea, I guess, for the original invention of sort of hyperspace technology, because they are creatures who can naturally do this. And so they became instrumental in Rebels by basically uh here I will spoil it if you if you've never seen if, if you want to watch Rebels and haven't seen it yet stop now and come back later but they of course are instrumental in the end when the uh kind of main character Ezra who can communicate with them draws them to this battle and they basically wrap around Thrawn's ship that has Ezra in it and they jump into light speed hyperspace god knows where you know so it's like a sacrifice you know because they're not using a navigation system or anything but we have no idea where ezra gets to and all we've had is this hint that you know thrawn and ezra will somehow be working their way into live action probably in the ahsoka show but this was cool you know just just with that little background i got excited because i felt personally like this was
0: sort of a little signal you know that yep we're, we're bringing these in somehow you know Interesting, because Timothy Zahn has a completely non Star Wars novel about space whales being used for navigation. I think it's oh Dusey secret <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so maybe they stole it from
2: him yeah, maybe I, I don't know the origin of that at all. Yeah. I thought, first, I thought it was weird, you know, and then I was yeah. like, well, this is cool, so um, but then we get to Navarro would you guys what would you guys take on this because i I didn 't know in the trailer is really what i was looking at um and the time jump comment from favreau helps with this because it just seems so much Mm. more polished than even like a season or so ago i think you have to have a little time jump here for that to make any sense Mm. Mm
4: -hmm. (laughs) yeah i i think without the time jump it's really unexplainable um because, I mean, if you're talking like, oh, yeah, this is just after season two, you're like, no, <laughs> it's still kind of a dusty desert, you know, not Tatooine, kind of tatooine <laughs> right. writing, uh town. And then um to what it is now, which is this, you know, I it, with a high magistrate. I love that. <laughs> but the very polished, it's not a school or it's not a bar anymore. It's a school right. <laughs> it's cool, uh, yeah. kind of feel to it with the droid walking around telling you about
0: the highlights of the area (laughs) I thought that whole sequence was a little bit of fan service but you know I'm cool with a little fan service so no big deal did you guys get like a medieval times
2: sort of vibe off it too like I got kind of like a renaissance fair sort of <laughs>
0: no, but I like, yeah.
2: like, you know, like the like the twi'lek like, like you have like the minstrels and stuff out in the courtyard and like there was just something about it like yeah. I, I got that kind of
4: the droid town crier
1: yes yeah. 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 yeah
2: and the two little droids pulling his cape behind him <laughs> like it was just oh my god and honestly it's it's similar to like um and i think i saw this even in an interview somewhere like there's definitely kind of a little hat tip with grief's character i think to lando a little bit you know like in the capes and the fashion Mm -hmm. and everything and but i feel like he's having so much more fun with it like each time you see grief he's even more like gussied up it's it's pretty fun
3: (laughs) and got robots (laughs) carrying his cape
2: yeah
0: just behind him you know and um, and of course then go ahead sorry Give yourself a title. You can call yourself the high, whatever you want, I guess. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love how, like, every
4: five seconds he's correcting people. Hi, magistrate. It's the I'm high magistrate. not just magistrate. the magistrate anymore.
2: I'm the high magistrate. <laughs> and he actually gets annoyed about it, too. And that droid comes in to tell him the pirates are there. But that was, oh my gosh. I loved it. And of course, the clip that we all saw ahead of time, or most of us, you know, if you saw that the, when they put that one out, like, a week early or whatever, with, with Grogu spinning himself using the force. In the chair, <laughs> was just... that was so
0: me. That's all I could think of. <laughs> I'd be sitting in the chair,
2: <laughs> you know. And then he grabs the, like the little M M&M and M or whatever it is. But like he's just these little things where it's just like the, like he's so powerful, you know. But he's just so he's just a kid, you know. And it's just so funny. He's like unashamedly using the force now, like just all the time. <laughs> but Like it's still this this really humble way, which he is was so very
3: cute. much. A comic relief during the episode. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! Seeing him spinning in the chair where they're like, "We, I have actually have had a lot of issues. Um, we gotta keep fixing them, so I can't come help you anymore."
2: Right. Yep. So. <laughs> and, he's just,
1: and he's, wee! <laughs> yeah, he's,
2: he doesn't have a care in the world, and and you're thinking like this is the kid who like not that long ago like you know forced stop the wave of fire from that you know imperial shock troop or whatever right around the corner and he's like yeah you know but oh my gosh i was just waiting for him well i'm glad it wasn't the blue stuff whatever he ate those little cookies or whatever last time he was in navarro and then threw up
3: (laughs) which which was a good scene
2: (laughs) he learned his lesson (laughs) yeah
4: and i i like navarro as like the place we go to because it, it it is kind of the central location for the show like it's always the place that Mando returns to when he's got yeah. the next thing he has to do um, and sort of we've been given like the you know the opening scene is the this is your main quest for the for the season um, or mm-hmm. possibly more because yeah. it, it took him two seasons to complete the last quest um, which he completed and
2: then didn't right because Grogu came back
1: <laughs> So Which I was, I'm
2: pretty sure was it was a was a Disney boardroom thing. Yeah. You
0: know? Well and
4: I love I, I love
2: uh high
4: magistrate Carl Weathers pointing that out. I'm like, why is he still with you? <laughs> like why is the yeah. why is Grogu still here? What's well, his, he, Oh yeah, and he explains his name. That was a yes. great scene. Yep. Grogu <laughs> what? His name is Grogu. Well,
0: whatever. <laughs> you know.
2: What did he say to her? It was just like, he said something like, you know, whatever you or, or uh, whatever you say, or it was something that was dismissive like mm-hmm. that. It was a little like Pelly's like, Grogu, I'm not going to call him that, it's, you know, which, like they, which is like,
4: he's just pantomiming the, the reaction of pretty much the entire fan base. Right? Like, oh, yeah, totally. He's baby Yoda. Shut
1: no, up. He doesn't
2: Always. But I did think, too, like, you know, it was neat because the. I don't know. And, and there's a whole wide variety here. I don't want to like open up a can of worms or anything. But of course, like there was a lot of talk ahead of time about how are they going to handle, you know, the, the uh, Gina Carano situation and whatever your opinion is about how all of that went down. I thought at least in the show, I thought that was probably about the best they could have done with that, at least in my opinion of it. Just it made sense for her character. And it's, you know, <laughs> all things considered, you know, I, I thought that that was fair, too, because I, I didn't think it would have been fair to sort of. Kill her off off screen or something like that. I didn't think they would do that, but what would you guys think of that? Just
0: do a she's Tasha awesome Yar tour. So she's gone. What's that? Do a Tasha <laughs> Yar tour. Kill uh, her off yeah, in a meaningless uh, way. Right. Yep. <laughs> yes. So I thought you guys had any thoughts on that. Oh, go ahead, yeah, yeah, Josh.
3: I thought it was a good way to at least put her off for now. And then if something ever got fixed, like she could possibly come back in for like a special mission kind of thing. Yep. Or something like that. Yeah. It still leaves the door open enough, but it's also kind of like she's out doing her own thing far away yeah. from
2: here now. So, I think they they covered yeah. their bases. <laughs> well, well I mean, really like.
4: it was a natural progression, right? Because we the last time we see her in season two, she's talking with one of the the X wing pilots who's talking to her about yes coming back to the the. I mean, at this point, it's not the rebellion; it's the um, right. I keep wanting to say alliance. It's not the alliance. Republic. It's the new Republicans, yeah. and so right. you know, yeah, he's, he's saying, just like, "Hey, yeah. you know, you're ex, uh, you know, rebellion. You're a marshal here. What do you think about maybe, you know, going higher in the ladder?" And she turns him down at that time, but it, it it's a natural progression. Like it it's it didn't feel like it got shoehorned. It was something like, "Okay, that was a good way to do it," and leaves it open for her possibly coming back. Heck, depending on how things go. Right to get her own show. down the <laughs> you, line. Never you never
2: know. <laughs> it seems like they never know either. Sometimes what they're doing over there, <laughs> they're trying a lot of things. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to find it. It's, it's Paul sun Hyung Lee. I, I can't remember the character's name. Um, on uh, on there, who who plays that that pilot? Because he's in the trailer for for this season too. So I don't know. Um, I'll I'll have it here in a second. What was it? Carson Teva or Teva, Teva. Something like that. So I think there's a lot of yeah, people. I'm one of them who's who's wanting to see if Dave Filoni's wolf, whatever his name is, characters back to, but not, not, not yet. That's right. <laughs> you were saying it was that.
4: him. Yeah, it was Filoni, him, and, and another um, actor, actress, I want to say, who blew up
2: um, the Mandalorian's think, old crew. I think that was Deb Chow in that scene, in that one. And, and um, at some point, Rick, I don't know if it was that scene up, but Rick uh, Famuyua, who directed this episode, had one of those cameos too at some point, but he's, uh, what did he, I think he did the, um, first season, he had a couple. I think he had the one, the episode where Mando, uh, has to, you know, fight, or has to negotiate with the Jawas and then get that egg. I think, I think he did that one. And I think he did the, uh, the heist one that was, was kind of interesting with the prison ship. So he said he's, he's had a couple. So he was an interesting choice to kick this season off with. And I think that was a good move, having, you know, one of their veterans come in. So, um, Did you guys see, let me just ask you quick, I I don't have it in front of me, I don't know if you saw if they, I don't know, if did they announce the directors, you know, for this season? I I don't know if I heard that or not. I I know some of them, I think they said like, you know, Filoni might have some, my guess is that means Ahsoka's in, in here maybe somewhere, (laughs) I don't know, that's usually how that works. I think Uh, they announced
3: like overall who actors or directors were, but not like per episode. Not
2: episode, okay, yeah. Well, let me jump jump back here quick because, of course, we have this run in with these pirates, you know. So grief, and uh, after after attempting um, to to no sort of end, you know, uh, to get Mando to stay. Mm -hmm. Of course, they go out to check
0: this pirate situation. Go back for just a uh, second. Wikipedia Wikipedia has uh, directors up for all the episodes.
2: Oh, they do. Uh, Oh, okay. okay.
0: Interesting. I'll have to. Carl Weathers gets one. Yes. Really? I think yeah. he had
2: asked for that because he he's done more directing over the years, I think. Looking season
0: forward to that one. Yeah. What episode is that? 20, it's, the, it's twenty episode twenty four <laughs> in this season. That's the ooh, is that, I think that's I think I'm I think I'm hosting
2: that uh that one. That'll be fun. Can't remember if I'm three or four. Yeah. yeah I don't I know. change change that.
1: <laughs> oh yeah, there you
2: go. Yeah, we got some new ones on there, uh but Rick, yeah, Rick Famuyiwa gets, he's got a bunch. The first one and then the, the last two.
0: He's, he's bookending.
2: Yeah. Well, okay. Bryce so Dallas gets Howard. The,
0: gets the big endpoints for the arc.
2: I don't recognize, like, Rachel Morrison is next week. I don't I don't know, that doesn't ring a bell. Lee Isaac Chung and then Peter Ramsey. But, I yeah, those are three. I, I haven't seen any of them before. So, uh, yeah, we'll have to see. I'm not too familiar with directors, so. Yeah.
4: Yeah, but some either. that we
2: don't, you know, we don't have that we've had before, you know, so that that's it'll be interesting. A little, little bit Ramsey different sounds really something. familiar, but I can't remember. Yeah. I'll have to look that up later. But um, but, yeah, let's we'll just we'll just continue on here a little bit. So this the pirate scene, any you know, takeaways you guys, you know, thoughts there? Because the only one I want to mention just up front is this repentance theme, this you know, kind of new beginnings. I was really thinking of grief a lot in this scene. And how far he's come and like, we don't know what happened. We know that Moff Gideon, if you remember in season one, when he like reveals that he knows their names and this mysterious, like, you know, who is this guy? How does he know who they are? And he describes grief, I think, as if I haven't seen it in a while, but he said something like disgraced mag- former magistrate grief, Karga, And but you don't know what, you know, you mm-hmm. just know that grief has been this like um, bounty hunter guild guy. Mm-hmm. But then that's the first time you get this idea, like, well, he's got some kind of higher level background. He's disgraced. Was he skimming off the top? Like, what was it? But so there is some kind of, you know, he's on this redemption arc, and he seems really serious and committed to making this a better place, and really t- trying to establish for Navarro what these outsiders and these these republics and these empires and these big you know government type uh, you know places are, are are trying to do. So, what do you guys? I just, I thought I'd throw that out there, but what what do you think about the scene with the pirates and maybe anything on grief with that kind of new beginning? He's very much firm on his new beginnings of
3: turning, I think it's very important to see, like, him wanting to turn a bar, basically, into a school. Yeah. And sort of seeing where, like, a a bottom of society would be, where we see people, like, selling drugs, doing a lot of bad things in a bar. Yeah because I'm pretty sure the bar also before that was where he did all his former business mm. with the bounty hunters and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And now it's a place for learning and making society better. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot in that, in him wanting that to be the school then.
0: And the the pirates arguing, basically saying, you you know, you can't change, you know, you are who you were, and yeah. this high magistrate is saying, I'm not that guy anymore. Mm-hmm. He can mm-hmm. be. <laughs> I like I uh we might have had pirates, but we still had the Western quick draw showdown thing there too. Yes.
1: <laughs> I just, I was cowboys. Yeah. And I was yes. I
0: was wondering if Din was was gonna intervene before that first round of shots got fired, but he waited. He it's griefs it's griefs show. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that respect, that
2: authority, you know, like yep. that was kind of interesting. What do you think, Pat? We were just talking. I just, all I said was I just set up here that, you know, this is um, this this redemption arc kind of that grief continues to be on is interesting too. you know, like becoming yeah, this, um, this new figure.
4: You know, I think what strikes me is sort of the the difference between what the what the world was and what grief was able to do being inside of like the old empire or you know the vast the remnants of an imperial outpost. And then what he's able to do with now a freed up um you know it's they're not under republic control or anything, but the space lanes are now free, the trade routes are open, like the the and what he's able to then turn that into it's sort of like you're he's he's benefiting from the fact that the republic exists and they're not being heavy handed with the whole with trade and locking everything down. And, you know, he's sort of, he's dismissive of them, but, and, but yet, like, we all know his, his city would still be the dusty backwards kind of thing if the Imperials were still present. Like, it would still be as bad as it always was. And because the New Republic has basically reopened the train lanes and made things more or less safe, that he's able to do what he does. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know, that caught me as kind of like a... um, Social and and you know, I'm still coming off of Andor, <laughs> you know, just society <laughs> as a whole, intergalactic, connected society like
0: what the difference of a different style of government does to yeah. well, he's still the li- people on the ground, right? He still doesn't want to be part of the new republic, he wants to be his own little thing out here, yeah, yeah. Well, well and I- so. It, in my mind, I'm juxt- juxtapositioning it with like
4: Ferrix and what we see at the end of uh, Andorth, what's going down on Ferrix. with this, the whole, you know, it was sort of a vibrant town that sort of gets slowly and slowly locked down by the Empire.
1: Mm-hmm.
4: And we get the very opposite happening here with Navarro, where it's sort of blossoming because of the New Republic. Yeah. Even though they're both on the Outer Rim, like they're both not necessarily core planets or, or you know, they're they're trade route planets, but they're not um right you know necessarily what you would think of an outpost for either the new republic or or a government just in general um so i i and i know that's not really about uh grief's arc but i i think it's interesting to watch uh-huh. navarro's arc um, yeah all, along with grief
2: that's a good point because i think in its um you know the the principle of subsidiarity right you know which which kind of gets ignored no i don't say ignored but like I, I whenever I teach on it or whatever comes up, it's, you know, people seem more familiar with solidarity, which is, of course, important. But it's I always say it's, it's like a balance, you know, because if too much focus on solidarity, I think, can lead to this sort of, you know, steamrolling of the local level, you know, and and local traditions and family. It can become too much of this big like we're all one of thing. And it's like, well, yeah, but like. But how? Like, how? What does that mean for like me here in my neighborhood? You know, sometimes. And so I think um, there's a principle there. They don't use the word in the show, of course. But but grief does seem to have this 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 wariness, this suspicion, where like he, he doesn't seem to think you're right. Like the the New Republic isn't you know as evil as the Empire or something like that. It's a totally different attitude. But still, like, should Coruscant or Hosnian Prime, whatever it is now, be running this? Like, I'm the guy here on the ground. I know this place. I know these people. I know this sector. You know, we can make this work. And I I, I think there's a good lesson to be learned there. Yeah, I
4: think I think what we get out of the you know, the original trilogy is an example of of too far on the solidarity line, right? This is mm-hmm. the Empire and we're one and, and right. the more the tighten the more you tighten your fist, the more systems will slip through your fingers. Yep. Um and then what we get in the prequels is very much the too much on your own and yeah. how that could be manipulated and how you could trick people into literally fighting themselves in a civil war right. that's not really a civil war right right <laughs> um and and you know ignoring the sequel movies um <laughs> yeah they're not talking about
2: well, the best thing about them is coming up here in a minute i think so <laughs>
4: but you could talk about the possibility of the new republic walking that balance a lot better
1: yeah
3: um,
2: well we w- oh go ahead Josh no sorry
3: uh, okay, Please. Sorry, just also with the yeah. solidarity I saw it more as like an opposite of lack of trust in a overarching government I mean they're coming off of someone who is just enforcing everything and slaving down on them mm. was to stop someone else from being able to come in and do the exact same thing again right after
2: oh yeah that's um, I, I wasn't the biggest fan of the Hunger Games, but uh, and and if listen, if I'm spoiling the Hunger Games for you, you're way behind. But, <laughs> but you know, yeah, at the that, end, that, and that, the was an oh. yeah, that was an interesting, that was an interesting discussion point back then. I remember when you know they finally you know have this this victory, and and right, well, what do they do? But like the good guy, you know, President uh, was it Julianne Moore, I think playing her. It's like, and now we're going to have Hunger Games for the bad guys, and she like like oh my gosh like you know so that that danger that you run of of when you have even people who were horribly oppressed or treated unjustly right it, it's there's no there's no uh carte blanche you know that that the worst suffering just gives you to then inflict that on somebody else you know the it's it's right i mean part and parcel with our faith right it's 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 never illicit right to, to to deliberately do evil even and hoping that some good will come from it but stare into the abyss too long yeah oh it's 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 scary <laughs> which and by and speaking of scary a little bit uh it's i i what'd you guys say were you at all like expecting this ig 11 thing because i was completely no. when he says why are you here and he's like i need him i'm like are you kidding me <laughs> but what what do you guys think of that? Cuz there's I know there's different opinions and I'm not sure like I'm I'm excited but I've heard some people criticize it like as far as Disney has to stop doing this of like nobody's ever really gone. I don't know. I, I can see both sides of that. What do you what do you think?
3: I thought it fit his character well. He doesn't like robots and he trusted this one and <laughs> he's stuck with it. Right, um, he's that desperate. No. <laughs> well, no, it's just he has some issue with droids which goes into his childhood of sort of seeing him being rescued and becoming a Mandalorian it's sort Mm -hmm. of been ingrained in his mind from childhood that like droids are bad but then he has this one that he trusts so without having like a, a long connection with him he was able to actually trust this one
2: and that's that transcends deaths. And maybe I'm overreading it, but this, like, he's willing to believe in resurrection
0: for IG 11 <laughs> because he needs him and that's how much he cares
2: about him. You were saying, Father, I'm sorry.
0: Um, no, I, I don't like them following the track of that other star franchise and that nobody's <laughs> ever dead. If we yeah. need him long enough, we'll get him back again.
1: That, yeah, that I, does uh, show up quite a bit. <laughs>
0: I.
4: I, it didn't strike me as like as that. It struck mm-hmm. me more as Dinjar, the more I've gotten to know his character, he is a stubborn SOB. He's like I've learned to trust this one droid. I'm not gonna do it for any other droid. Right. I don't care if this <laughs> droid tries to murder me and Grogu <laughs> after we turn it back on.
1: Oh, We're gonna man. fix
4: him. Because I'm me, you know, it's just, and it, but it fits his character. It didn't feel like fan service to me or like, um, bringing back the dead or whatever. Um, it just felt like, yeah, that's totally believable for him because he is hard headed.
2: (laughs) And I, I don't know if, if I just love things like this has come up a few times on the show. I think before I've noticed it, um, resonating with me, but you know, as, as a, in my case is you know child of the 80s um you know i i really love anything that just i i don't know if Favreau's deliberately trying to do it for that kind of like 80s feel it's definitely not to the level of something like you know stranger things or something where it's like a totally like you know time you know kind of set piece like that but you know i mean star wars of course came out in in 77 and the 1980 with with empire and 83 with return of the jedi but i think you know everybody would agree that the immediate wake of, of the, the cultural change that those movies made, even though they came out in the initially in the 70s, there, there's a real 80s kind of importance, I think, in, in, in the, the history of Star Wars is when it really grew and, and the merchandise and, and the books shortly thereafter. So I, anytime there's something in the new stuff that has a little bit of an 80s feel or vibe to it, I think fits. So what, the reason I'm saying that is this was totally like Terminator. Right. Like when, like IG-11, like crawling across yeah. the floor after him, like that was totally like Terminator one. Right. Like at the oh, end yeah. kind of feel. Yeah. They
1: and that Doctuary. was like, yep. yeah.
2: Like I got that vibe. And even like Michael Bean, of course, gets like he gets crushed. Oh right, my God. He gets crushed. <laughs> yeah. he gets he gets crushed, crushed the red eyes, yeah. you know, and, um, Oh man. <laughs> and, and yeah, so I totally got that vibe and and I was thinking of, it reminded me of Michael Bean in the, the Jedi episode, right. You know, with Ahsoka back in season, uh, was that season two, right? Of course, having played, you know, Kyle Reese in the original Terminator. So uh, there, there have been things for some reason where it seems to cross over once in a while with with some kind of, you know, 80s property I, <laughs> Terminator know, I, I, twice, apparently. <laughs>
4: as far as I know, he's doing it on purpose.
2: Yeah, I'm just going to
4: say I'm just. Say to, he is. I'm just <laughs> yeah. Why not? Like, if Can't we were just in be that a position, mistake. we probably would. So, yeah. <laughs> You're a fanboy. So, you get to run your own fandom.
2: Oh, <laughs> absolutely. Oh my. Well, so this I wanted to just just you know knock this into you know the uh, sort of your guys. You know, um, I was trying to think of a tennis analogy. I don't. I don't really play tennis. It's mm. your side of the court here. The balls in your court. There it is. With um, the the uh, then of course introduction to these little potential droid repair saviors, the Anzellans, <laughs> which for me personally was was like the Best thing to come out of of the sequel trilogy (laughs) with with Babu Freak and now his his companions. So what did you guys uh, think of how this was handled? Any thoughts, things that
0: jumped out at you that you enjoyed? Just in case they've saturated the market for Grogu's, now they've got something else. Is that my cynical side coming out? <laughs> well, or and him holding? Yeah, there, there's yeah. there's going to be bad so baby, much of bad that. Baby, bad baby. Yes. <laughs> he
4: made
3: a new friend. It's a big hug. Yeah, oh yeah. my gosh!
4: Uh, every time Carl Weathers yelled out what, what <laughs> Bob Fricker, whoever it was, was saying, and eventually it's like I got it. I got. I understand it. Yeah. I got it. <laughs> that was great.
2: Oh. Uh. And there was something particularly just, it just feels like, you know, like Father, did you say earlier about the, you know, like there's, it's a little reminiscent of, of the, the Tuscans speaking Italian or something. Like there was a little, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just my wife, who's, who's, you know, of Italian ancestry and everything, like she was just having a lot of fun with it too, you know. Right from the get go, mm-hmm. was he? Say? He's in the doorway, the little guy. And the mm-hmm. first time you see him, he's just saying, What do you want? <laughs> he's so. So business, you know, right from the beginning.
4: <laughs> so, you know, it's a good, it's a long line of folks who repair droids who are
0: all kind of seedy-ish. <laughs> yeah, it's always something. That's, that's what i was thinking different. is Din needs to go to Tatooine, and we know there's a junkyard there that's got parts for everything. So there you go. Yes. Yeah. And, well, that's. Uh, I wonder if we're going to get there soon
2: because that's we've seen yeah. Tatooine in the trailers, you know. So yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> you always have to end up on Tatooine at some point. It's like written mm-hmm. in the rules somewhere.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: It set up another quest for him to just get the memory circuit board. He's like, everything else is broken, but you know we can fix it except the memory. So yeah,
1: is I, it, what did he I say love, too? Yeah, he's, the he's, the like, he's like, he's like, it's broke, it's broke.
2: You know, he's like. <laughs> what if I get the chip? Oh yeah, no problem. We've <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, like, no way. There's no way. the not going No way. What oh yeah, we, we get can get thing? it. Everything else.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, whatever. <laughs> like,
4: like, oh, hilarious. Just binary flipped on and off.
2: <laughs> and I, I was, I didn't notice it in the credits at first because the credits, I always, this is my problem on Disney Pluses, and I do this all the time with like, um, Bad Batch, or whatever. Like, I hear a voice, I want to know who it is, and they have it timed so you know d bat or d bradley baker as the bad batch michelle ang as as you know omega and then i go to hit pause and just as i'm about to do it it shifts it down to the right because it's trying to promote the next episode and i'm like no let's <laughs> have to go back and but with this one it's like that but then it's the font's really tiny you know so I, i'm they're trying to pause it but i missed the first time it um it was shirley henderson who did babu freak's voice and who played moaning myrtle and harry potter movies and stuff it just they, they they credited her as uh, the voice for the uh, the Enzelin crew, <laughs> so she, I guess she was she was all of them. that didn't say anything mm-hmm. about if it was actually Babu Freak in there somewhere, but I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I
4: was I was trying to figure out, figure that one out the whole time. I'm like, is this Babu? Is it not? And I really wanted to be, <laughs> but right. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't
2: totally clear, but. Yeah. Yeah, That's, it's
3: nice for the them to add some sort of continuity from, like, a different series, I guess, into the sequel yeah.
2: for that. Well, and it's speculation at this point, but I mean, do you guys like? Well, let me ask you, like, not so much what do you think will happen, but would would you like it if? Maybe I'll put it that way. You know, and, and obviously we all have you know, mixed opinions about the sequel trilogy, but there's a substantial amount I think, and my I put myself in that boat that was just the lo- the the longer time goes on, I just was. disappointed by by a lot of it you know but would you guys like to see something like you know in in bad batch they seem to clearly be moving in that direction but with with mandalorian to perhaps enhance the sequel because the sequels happened right you can't change them do you think they could be benefited by you know exploring this lore and maybe filling in some gaps at this point of the timeline
0: what do you mean you can't retcon them out of existence (laughs) anything's (laughs)
4: possible yeah right yeah, well, that's the <laughs> other way you could go with it, right? If right. you don't, if you
0: don't start tying in stuff to it, you yeah. can just say, "Yeah, they didn't really happen." <laughs> hey, they've already read, they've already retconned an entire set of books, so it can they be did. done.
2: They they have indeed, and they did. Um, well, but by the same token, I don't know if you guys read that. Um, I don't. It's Shadow of the Sith, I think it is. The, the, one of the newer novels came out last summer. Canon novels that. Um, for me, at least, I listened to it on a long drive to a retreat. So, like, I I just devoured it pretty quickly. But it's set, like, a, a little more than halfway, I think, between episodes uh, six and seven. And so it—but it tells a story with, with you know, Luke and Lando going off on this quest. And um, it actually sowed a lot of seeds for things that, like, if you read this novel, Rise of Skywalker almost makes sense. I'll put it that way, but but it was it was well done. The guy who wrote it, I thought, did a good job. That's just that was my opinion of it. But it it, it made a lot of the things that they just threw at us in episode nine um, seemingly haphazardly, or at least the way a lot of people looked at it. It, it. it kind of I felt gave it a little more oomph. So I'm just wondering if what you guys thought about, like, if you've considered that with maybe some spoilers or rumors rather out there about what could be accomplished in Mandalorian with that.
4: I mean there's a lot of time there, right? It's it's sort of like the the jump between the prequels and the uh the first movie. Um, yeah. there's there's at least enough time to shoe in two more movies and a TV show. Um right. <laughs> <laughs> Um and so there's there's a lot of space between Yeah. uh yeah, 6 and, and 7 and the more you put in and the more tie-ins, the more stuff it could make those make those make more sense Mm -hmm. there's still just a massive continuity problem between uh, within the trilogy itself seven eight nine yeah um that i think you have a hard time overcoming with external um material that's that's for me the hard thing to jump
2: well and and just the the one other thing i just add quick because my mind always goes with uh, and, and not to make this about Rise of Skywalker, but but just just last thing I'll say it is because you know all Palpatine really says is just that that's just very casual, like to Kylo, like I made Snoke. I'm like, okay. What do you mean by that?
1: Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like
2: so, and then you know, Bad Batch now we're like, oh yeah, cloning facility on this planet, and this person, this guy and this thing. So like like you in a way, it might be a it could be a positive thing in that there's so. Nothing that is even <laughs> remotely given as far as context for stuff like that, except a pickle jar, you know, in the background with smoke parts in it. You know, I'm like, all right, well, I could work with that. <laughs> Just like, okay,
0: I can have this there's, tie. There's in. a smoke jar jar connection. I'm still convinced of it, but anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, smoke in a jar. Ooh, ooh, there we go, there oh, we
1: go. Gosh. <laughs> now I need to go back. Buddy.
2: As soon as we're done, as soon as we're done tonight, mark my words, I'm going to go back and see. I, I think there are two jars mm-hmm. in Rise of Skywalker. Always oh, two there are. Jeez. So like, <laughs> oh, the things we can do. Uh, but before I take us to off track, let me, let me just, just kind of jump to the last
0: scene here, because this was, a, you know, a relatively short ooh. episode. Oh, sorry, Father. Oh, don't, 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 don't leave out the, the uh, asteroid chase, which is, I think, a little bit more. Oh, my gosh. Service. Oops, like, oh, sorry. Let's, let's, let's do Jedi again. <laughs> I completely forgot. I apologize.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So we had. Um, I was waiting for the big space worm to come out, but it never did. Something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that what you guys think of. Uh, I, I got a kick out of um. I, uh, what was his name? Gory and Shard Pirate King and. Mm-hmm. Who uh, I I'm not familiar the, the guy who does his voice I'm not familiar with but um it said the performance artist for it was Carrie Jones who uh, there's another 80s connection he was the original not the original Predator but he, he the Predator series he, he was in the some of the 2000s era Predator movies but I think he played Santon in uh, Book of Boba Fett so uh so he gave us the bo- the body or mocap work I guess for Pirate King Gorian Shard <laughs> but so uh. But yeah, what what what? What did your guys take from that? Uh, did that feel like a really feel like a good Star Warsy kind of asteroid battle? I I enjoyed it. It was a good battle. I mean, I enjoyed that part
3: of it. He just looked weird. Yeah. <laughs> like, he looked like just a ball of like moss that you would pick up like from like the side of a river or something like that. Yeah. And it was it was a little gross to look at him.
2: Well, I sent you guys a picture that I, I got swamp ki- or a swamp thing vibes and I thought it was you that wrote back that you weren't familiar with and I just said you weren't missing anything that was, anything. Yeah.
4: <laughs> 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 that yeah, was no. a weird I mean that real show real ran thing. for a while too it did like, I did think it was a, a DC bike, thing still running right now <laughs>
2: yeah a swamp I hadn't thought of swamp thing <laughs> a swamp in like 30 thing. years <laughs> like some 25 years but uh, I'm oh, assuming yeah, we'll, we'll see him I, again you think
1: yeah oh, yeah
4: because, I, yeah. I mean, each of these pieces kind of sets up, you know, you get the first scene, which sets up the, this is your grand quest, um, yeah. followed by the next scene, which kind of sets up the um, Navarro, this is home, what home has become now, The right. these are my allies now, and also this is my secondary, my first uh, side quest that I've got to complete. Cause right. You can never complete something without completing a side quest first, which <laughs> I mean, that includes just, you know, I've got to clean my sink out because the kids yeah. dumped a bunch of stuff. right? <laughs> and then <laughs> I've got to unclog it. There's always a side quest. I've always yeah, got said, so that's my day. <laughs> <laughs> it's like every day of my yeah. life. <laughs> yeah. And and then, you know, you get the then the scene in space, which is sort of uh, the pirate scene. And then the scene in space follows that. OK, this is my antagonist now. Right. Like, yeah, I, I've I've gotten I've gotten our antagonist for this season mm-hmm. and um the space battle's kind of been something that's been missing from this series from a star wars perspective in part because yeah. the razor quest or the razor crest is just such a slow lumbering target that right. trying to put it into a space battle was just a bad call <laughs> for <Right>. anybody involved <laughs> and so this we got the zipping around and the you know we got a, a fun yeah, space battle between him and pirates. And that, that was another piece of it. It wasn't like him versus the Republic or him versus vestiges of the Empire. We have pirates, which is like a piece of the Star Wars universe that isn't as explored. as right. you know, the Rebellion, the Republic, the the Empire are the all of the mm-hmm. other stuff going on. Um I remember the Shadows of the Empire book that, you know, in the olden days took place between was it uh, Empire and um, five and six or four and five? I can't remember. But yeah, I, yeah, I, I was, have to go back and check. I forget. But it was about, for the most part, it was about the crime syndicates, right? And what they were doing. Yeah. I mean, the the you know main folks were in there. And Vader was in there, and Palpatine was in there. But the real thrust of the book was about the pirate or not the, pirate, mm-hmm. the crime syndicates. And so there's there are these whole worlds within uh, Star Wars. That are, mm-hmm. are being filled in and built up, and I love world building, so that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, and him being just, you know, the giant moss you would rake up
2: from the side of a river. at that,
1: <laughs> I thought that was hilarious.
2: <laughs> yeah, he's just this great... Well, it's funny, because they're not, you know... My take from that was, like, they're pirates, which... You know, from reality, we associate with the sea, you know, most of the time and like Pirates of the Caribbean kind of thing. So I felt like, but they're in space, but that's a way to kind of bring a, a sea like kind of element into the character design. I wonder if that you know, that I mean, you don't design these characters by accident. So I'm sure that was probably on their minds. But
4: oh, he reminded yeah. me of Davy Jones from the yeah, yeah. Movie movies like yeah. immediate. I was like, oh, interesting. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> like, surprised he doesn't have an octopus face
2: <laughs> well and i i can't help but wonder if uh you know i always i've, I've voiced this before i love hondo you know from uh, uh clone wars and rebels and yes. stuff i just i'm always hoping that they're going to find a way but i just don't know how you do that like could you do could you do a live action hondo that was somehow voiced by jim cummings that would work and i tend to think yes because Corey burton wasn't in the the uh, costume or something playing uh, cad bane you know they did voiceover for him and that worked so i'm like i think you could do hondo but you, you gotta you gotta have the voice right though <laughs> right yeah. you can't just well, it's, but I mean, yeah there's an
4: animatronic of
2: him at disney world right right <laughs> right doesn't he run the millennium falcon uh, yeah, ride or something yeah that's right yep
4: you get to hear hondo so he, talk
2: a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah, he
2: fits he fits in the timeline and everything. So we'll see. But <laughs> well, let me just jump to our closing scene here uh, on our little premiere kickoff for, for this uh Mandalorian season 3 and we we go to uh if I got the name right, Calavala, which uh, Mando has said is a, a system a planet within the Mandalorian system, not Mandalore itself. Um looks an awful lot like I don't know, the coastal Ireland, you know, <laughs> the little, I, I don't know. It had that vibe um, to meet up, of course, with Bo-Katan here, who my first thought was, <laughs> I wrote down my notes, I said, all she's missing was a flagon of Spotchka. which, we, <laughs> you know, like just have her sitting, like she's just so miserable sitting on her throne there. Like I'd imagine the blue glowing thing, but um We just, well, my note was, I said, or rum, but I guess the pirates probably have all of that
0: was my, (laughs) was my note. the
2: rum gone?
0: The pirates (laughs) took
2: it. (laughs) So uh, any thoughts you guys had on this? We saw, we saw a clip of this interaction, uh, at least this part of the scene in the, uh, the trailer. I, I'm suspicious that that, some of that TIE fighter battle we saw might be here too, because it looks like the same planet. And that looked like Bo-Katan's ship in the trailers. So I I'm, we're gonna come back here probably, but um, what was your guys' take? You know, here anything you noticed in particular wanted to share about this exchange and kind of where Bo-Katan's at right now?
3: I feel like she's just a defeated person right now. She came in and was like, "My crew left. They're all just mercenaries now. You have the dark saber. My life's a lie.
1: Everything right. I wanted is
3: gone. <laughs> I don't even have anything to." cope with my problems so right. they took all of the alcohol right the
2: pirates took the rest. Yeah.
3: So <laughs> it's just I don't know it wasn't what I was looking for in her character yeah I was hoping to see her trying to be like I'm fighting you for this dark saber I'm not going to give up on anything she's just like yeah I've lost everything and she's just sitting alone in an empty castle on some random planet
2: yeah seemingly only one droid like the only thing that's even there besides
0: her at all was this like welcome droid she had her dreams taken from her when the whole darks everything went down i don't think she's got a plan where things go after this i have trouble with her being the way she is after two years
4: um hmm. and and i actually i have the same problem with her as i have with din like after two years Lots of other stuff have changed for lots of other people in this episode. But not you two. You two still right. seem like you're right after last time we saw you. Like,
1: yeah. this feels
4: to me exactly what bo would have done, like, right after you know, the whole Moff Gideon ship exchange and seeing Luke and Grogu going on. You know, this would be like two days later. Right? Like, hmm. her, she's back sulking in her castle, you know, and her crew's leaving her or left. And, and Din... Feels like we we just saw him, you know, shoot away from right. Tatooine, and now he shows up here. But apparently two years has gone by. So I'm like,
1: what have they been yeah. up to? <laughs> like, it feels yeah, no, like that, should that's, have been up to more. That's a good
2: point, because she does, like, and they don't say anything in the episode that specifically gives us that timeline. But again, like, the guy who's writing it is the one who said that it's two years. So that's because she says, like, when I came back without the, you know, he's like, well, I'm ready to join your crew, like we said at the end of season two. You know, and he's like, and she's, she's she's like, uh, when I came back without the Darksaber, they all abandoned me. And I'm like,
0: two years ago, or? But remember back to (laughs) to what we were saying about the opening scene, where he's supposed to have been taking up on this redemption quest for the past two years and hasn't done it. So whatever he's been doing for the past two years, it hasn't been a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I'm just
1: to,
2: and I, well, and I'm not sure if it's two years. That's the thing is I got to, the way Filoni, or uh, Favreau said it was strange because I, I don't think Maybe it's been like the training arc time. Well, but see, I think it had. Yeah, because he said I th- it sounded like two years since the end of season two. So it, it may not. It doesn't seem like it's it's not two years since Grogu came back to Mando. You know, that's true. But it but it seems like it would be two years since Din saw Bo-Katan. Bo-Katan. If that timeline is right. So either way, that's weird.
4: Right. <laughs> yeah. I, either way, I still feel like she'd be up to more. Uh and so yeah my hope is that she is up to more. Like this is some kind of ruse, this is something she's she somehow found out he's going to try and go back to Mandalore and she's like, "Well, I hope you go down there and get poisoned and then I'm going to send something down to take that dark saber off your dead body <laughs> and then I'll right. I'll come back triumphant." Um got to hope something like that. Like this is not this is her playing some kind of long game. Um and then to, to kind of feed back to my original thought between the conversation between the armorer and Din, this felt very much like the conversation between, like, maybe your average, a, two, a couple of, of, you know, Jews after the destruction of the temple mm-hmm. kind of looking at each other. What do we do now? Like, and one of them's like, well, we're right. going to go back and we're going to, like, you know, reclaim it and it's going to be good. And the other's like, no, nah, man. Temple's gone. Yeah, it's it's over. <laughs> you know. Yeah. There's nothing magical about those waters. He's like, well, right. I'm gonna go down there anyways, and um, that it, it just struck me as sort of this conversation between because it it is a conversation between kind of a, a mainstream, you know, Mandalore, mm-hmm. and, uh, Mandalorian, and somebody who is in this like small little enclosed faction, and yeah. so like. The Mandalorians, the mainstream ones, have sort of more or less moved on because they don't mm-hmm. have Mandalore anymore. And they really haven't. They're still stuck in this mode of being that is inconsistent necessarily or potentially with reality. And we're going to find out through the episode. I am assuming they're going to drop down onto Mandalore and we're going to find out what's down there.
1: Yeah. But,
4: um, I feel like something's got to give, right? And it's not necessarily going to be, um, din and it's not necessarily going to be bo and her factions i feel like yeah. the other factions eventually going to have to give uh and right. i don't know what that's going to look like over the course of the season so i'm I, it, well and it looked yeah it's i'm curious about that
2: it looked pretty you know there were a few clips in the trailer that seemed interesting because there was one where like he's walking out like amongst those mandalorians back in that that covert or whatever and like he looked like they look like they're almost either defending him or he's part of their crew. Like, he looked like he belonged, you know, and it it did. It looked like Bo-Katan, if you looked real carefully, like, there's another scene with Din in the armor where it looked like Bo-Katan was off to the side with him, which I can't help but wonder. Like, I feel like they have to kind of go there, but how do they pull that off, right? Because there's not, you know, the armor and Bo-Katan are not at all on the same page, so... I don't know. Maybe, maybe he go. I wonder if he's gonna go sooner rather than later. You know, and whatever happens, like his return. Just like I wonder if the fact that they have someone go and come back could somehow galvanize all of them to be like, well, maybe there is something here.
4: Right, and you and know that that's being the same guy who has the dark saber, right? So he, well, then, yeah. he then gets to check all the boxes. Like, right, I've been to the homeland. I've returned triumphant. Right. I have the dark saber everybody rally around me kind of a thing i don't
2: yeah. i love that scene in gladiator when you know richard harris as as the aging marcus aurelius is trying to get you know maximus to to take control and return return it to a republic and he says you know do you accept this great honor i've given you and he says with all my heart no and then richard (laughs) harris just like shakes his head and he's like don't you see he's like that's why it has to be you (laughs) you know like it's just confirming his decision like you know the kind of guy who will not at all, you know, accept this is precisely who we need. So I wonder because he he has, you know, Din has no delusions of grandeur. He's stubborn, as you said, which is a good character trait. But he's profoundly committed to the, you know, the Mandalore identity. And he has no, you know, arrogance. He's all about honor. As, as weird as it was to shoehorn them in in some ways to the Book of Boba Fett, I thought some of the exchanges between him and Boba Fett. In that last episode, we good, you know. About when he says about like I'll stay here and fight with you for honor, and he quotes the code, you know, and I think Mando or uh, Boba says something like you know you believe all that rot. And he's like absolutely, and he's like good
1: because <laughs> <laughs> he knows in that
2: moment that's the kind of guy he needs. So yeah, that, that, I, I, there's a lot of I think humility. You know, Din's, we should do a whole show just on you know Dinjarin and humility. It might be an interesting theme to come back to, but um, well, we're getting we're getting pretty, pretty much wrapped up here, guys. I just, you know, uh, we went a little over an hour, but this is this premiere. You know, of course, we want to give it a good opening here for everybody. And, and a lot of deep themes, I think, for this one with with faith themes, you know, right off the bat. So just in closing, is there anything any of you you know guys want to share here? Any thoughts, hopes for next week? Um, apparently, it's a slightly longer episode, which I'm excited about. That's what I've heard. So, what what do you think? I'm just looking forward to seeing it. See where it goes. Um, with that end
3: scene, Bogatan was talking about the Sundari, which is the capital of Mandalore. Mm-hmm. I am excited to see that in live action and yeah. see how that looks. Last time we saw it was in the Clone Wars in the finale yeah. there. Right, so right. I, was that where Ahsoka
2: and Maul right? They were up on the rafters. Yep. Right. Okay. Yeah.
3: Okay. Yeah, and seeing yeah, all the, the stained glass it. and the and the throne room, and everything. I'm really excited to see that. Yeah. And I hope that they actually show, like, the entire city. A lot of potential.
4: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm... I'll be interested to see if we... Because this was a setup episode, like, all the way through. And I'll be interested mm-hmm. to see what road we run down, and if they do a more episodic episode. Um mm-hmm. Because those i mean flat out those were all very enjoyable in the last two seasons as well and um i'll be interested to see what the genre is because this yeah at least in the last two seasons this show very did a very good job of jumping through genres and giving us different yeah. genre-ish episodes and so i'm always always a little excited to see which which one they're going to do next and how well they do it and 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 that kind of stuff so Yeah, Yeah. definitely excited for the season overall. I think the the first episode really left a great, a good taste in my mouth as like, that was a great appetizer. I can't wait for the main course.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I think a lot of people
2: agreed too that it, it, you know, you always kind of want more, but by the same token, you know, sometimes less is more, you know, and this, I think it was a good check on that need to have it be, you know, like you can have a shorter episode that is good. (laughs) That is really, you know, so. Yeah. Um, well, that's it from us. So, okay. listeners, what did you think of this episode of I had to change it of the Mandalorian? I still have the bad batch this episode of the Mandalorian. <laughs> so please let us know uh, by sending us an email if you want over at Star Wars at SQPN or you can visit the Star Quest Discord community at SQPN slash discord. And uh, you can also find Star Quest on Facebook on Twitter. uh, And you can also find previous episodes of this show of the secrets of star Wars over at SQPN.com slash star Wars. We'd like to take a moment as always to thank our secrets of star Wars patrons, including Frank D Jordan B Robert R Joe W and Cheryl W. They're generous donations at sqpn dot com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Star Wars and all of the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn dot com slash give. Please tell all of your friends, family, just people you see on the street, to uh, follow <laughs> Secrets of Star Wars. Any way that you can do that, right? So Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, um, also the YouTube channel. You can uh, subscribe to SQPN on YouTube. Uh, get the uh, notifications click the bell all that stuff thumbs up give us every review that uh, you can so we'd appreciate it Um, it helps get the word out about everything we're doing at sqpn and uh, uh, it's just something that really is good to do so (laughs) if you love this show to share it so um, last but not least sqpn.com slash merch uh, has all of our, our great merch stuff over there. I've talked about it before. There's magnets, phone cases, T-shirts, all kinds of stuff. We need to get the T-shirt. I don't know if we can legally do this, but the, it's, it's, it's going to be out there, right, with the Grogu squeezing the little Anzellan <laughs> bad baby, you know. So uh, we'll see what we can do. <laughs> so we'll be back next week to unpack Mandalorian Season 3, Episode 2, title unknown as of now. So mark your calendars because you're not going to want to miss that. So until then... Josh Bigley, thanks so much for joining me on The Secrets of Star Wars. I'm always happy to join. And Patrick Mason, thank you. Uh, you're very welcome. Great to be on again. And Father Jeff Horton, thank you so much as well. Good to be here. And once again, I'm Mike Creevy. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Star Wars on StarQuest.
0: Here's another show on the StarQuest Network you're sure to enjoy, The Secrets of Middle-Earth. Find it wherever you can find podcasts or at sqpn.com
3: slash Middle-Earth.